they were all ex-army officers. But beyond that, they had only two things in common. A guilty past and a hopeless future. They had nothing to lose by joining the League of Gentlemen. Their leader had a plan which staggered their imaginations and sounded in each one of them a call to high adventure. Think of it as a full-scale military operation. What chance has a bunch of ordinary civilians got against a trained, armed and disciplined military unit? You are a soldier man, you ought to know. <laughs> you look like no church magazine to me, Father. Look more like the police, Father. Got it straight now, haven't you? Midnight tomorrow, London Airport. Drive carefully. I've got a bit of bad news for you, I'm afraid. I guess the, the new air deck commander's on his way down for a surprise visit. Yeah. No, no, on his way. against a target that is both surprised and defenseless. Welcome to Waffle On Podcast. He is Mark C. Kelly. I am. And that is, I think he's now meant to think. Thank you very much. Yeah. I thought I'd jazz it up a jazz bit. It up I, thought a bit. I, I, I didn't I, tell you about that, did I? Yeah, interrupters we are. Like, yeah, so shaking the system. system. Shaking the system. Yeah, yeah. Anarchy against yes. the uh, the norm. Mm. I think we'll go back to normal. Go back to normal. Yeah, so yeah. I'm Simon Meddings yeah. or Meds and he's uh, Kelly yeah. or Mark C. Kelly. or yeah. Ooh, no, you Never mentioned. Somebody asked me the other day what, you, what the C meant. I mean, <laughs> what do you mean? 
What does Emma call you? Yeah, well, Ramsey Clock. Oh, really? Okay, I'll, I'll, yes, let's leave it there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, how are you in a way, sir? I'm all right, darling. Oh, I like uh, uh, I want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, yeah. Like that uh, and also, I need to, I need to remind me about YMCA. All right, not, not the band, not the, not the village people. Okay, <laughs> so you don't. Uh, this is not one of your podcasts about the village people that you've been trying to get in. We get you know, years. I, I think there's, I think there's scope for that. I think there is. So, oh yeah. Well, we are in. This is September, but it won't be, it won't be out. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, it's going to be out a, a month late. Well, no, it is a month late. I suppose yeah, a day late. Maybe times everything's a bit all over the place these we days. Are, you can't but, get in a routine, can we? No, no. At the moment, we are. I don't live in the West Midlands. Yeah. I live in Worcester. Shirt, you in West Midlands. You're in, so to speak, lockdown. Yeah. Uh, I'm not in lockdown. You're not um, really meant to be. In I'm house. not meant to be here, but we work with each other and we suit with each other yeah, yeah. So we we have our own little bubble, aren't we? <laughs> here we are. Yeah, yeah. With a waffle bubble yeah, yeah, going yeah. on. Um, so yes, for future anyone future listening, hopefully uh, in next year there won't be any. Covid. Hopefully uh, by the end of the month it might have uh, sort no, of. No, 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 no. It's February. It's going to be. <laughs> I hate to piss on your chips, but. Fucking hell. Judge by the, the the medical stuff yeah. I read, it's, it's going to be it's going to be February. Um, by the time that it's, uh, I think Christmas. I think Christmas will probably because people are just going to go mad anyway, aren't they? There's no point in saying you ain't celebrating Christmas. <laughs> it's just not. That's no. It's, like, it's, it's not Alan Rick- Christmas. Yes, it's not, <laughs> it's not Alan Whitman from Prince of Thieves. Yeah. Um, so, have you, but anyone who's out there, we hope you are safe and you're well and you're doing your best to not be a wanker and uh, you know wear wear a mask as yeah. we say. Wear a mask. We're not going to go too much into it. No, 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 we no. are quite interested in the um, the old American politics going on at the moment. We're we're not getting involved in. No, no, no. It's not. But it's always. I, aren't they good? they're always good aren't they American, American love, election I love American politics I, mm. it's got razzle dazzle well, I know you shouldn't say that but it really has Do you think ours hasn't got that no but I suppose when you think about that to have razzle dazzle you've got to have money and that's the main thing about president elections. If you don't have money you can't you could be if you have a super, you you have a super pack behind you yeah. super pack should I yeah. say you are you know, like I said Trump had 300 million dollars for the last election yeah raised there you go. All right, the Tory party probably get back. I mean, yeah, unlike his, unlike his money, apparently like that he, oh, yeah, he yeah, didn't yeah. make. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, only he was on the president. Uh, the figure last night said I paid millions and millions. He obviously didn't. No, you paid seven hundred fifty dollars. Anyway, 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 it's all good fun. So uh, anyway, next month, well, next month, which will be this month when this is released, will be our Halloween episode. Okay, we're gonna try and do Scream, aren't we? Yeah, because it's a great film. I must it for years. Have you? No, I haven't. Now, did you say is it on Netflix or it's Amazon? On, it's on what, Netflix. On Netflix. Oh, I think all the screens on Netflix. Are they? Well, uh, I don't, I'll be honest with you now. I don't really want to buy it. <laughs> no, no, because like I said, it's a great. It's, it's a great film, but you know what great. I'm like. You know the what. You know the reason. Yeah, why. because if you start by that, you have to buy all the other. I have to buy all yeah. the other four. Scream two is good, isn't it? Scream two is good, but he hasn't got the little idea. No, no. But anyway, no. we're not here no, to no, talk no, about that. We're not here to talk about that. What are we here to talk? We're here to talk about. The League of Gentlemen. Okay. The proper League of Gentlemen, to be saying. Not the other two imposters. No, exactly. And what do we do before we do that? You play some kind of boombastic style in music. I like that. Cool.
actually took a long time to, to find that. Yeah, it's not a musical <laughs> film, really. Is it? The music's not a big part not, of the not film. Really. The, mu- the music is done by Philip Green, and there's a lot of kind of like instrumental, kind of like build up tension kind of stuff, yeah. and it works extremely well. And then before we go into the uh, usual gubbins, what I do, Cal, I lent you my Blu ray, which I purchased from uh, Network, which is a wonderful British yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, company who, who specialises in taking old films. And redoing them up, and uh, I did say to you that the, especially on a 4K TV. Yeah. I, so you go, Cal. What, what do you think of this? I, the whole thing? I, 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 I turned to that. It's it's beautiful. I always think right when I started watching it, it was like I was all gobsmacked. Do you know mm. what I mean? Because like bloody hell, that's when you see people go, oh, I can't watch black and white. When you see black and white done like that, it's better than colour. Yeah. And I always think it is. You know, mm. like the way that um, Parasite came out last year. Mm. You know, the one that won the election. Yeah. He actually shot it in black and white. Oh, really? The black and white version, I think it's coming out in November. It was always meant to be black and white because he said, if you're doing like a noir kind of story, mm. it works because it's different shades of black and white. And that's why, like, the colour sometimes is over, you know, it's good and all that. But with things like this, if this would have been colour, it would have lost something. Uh, yeah. Because there think, was colour around in 1960. There was that oh, colour stuff in the 60s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you've got to think as well that um, you know look at Doctor Strange Love that's another classic example of how good that film is because it's filmed in black and white do you know what I mean I, I think as well that we've when you upgrade stuff as well sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't sometimes you get especially with old films you kind of get that almost shadowy black don't you in the background but this is not this no, is no, it's, not, it's, it's like a photo I think it's it, not photos and it's like oh, it's, it's so so crisp yeah and there's a lot of really stylish suits and hairstyles in this film oh absolutely that's what absolutely. I like about it some amazing quiffs there is, there is uh, well Brian Forbes who we'll talk about yeah, in a bit, yeah. has an amazing quiff in yeah, yeah, yeah. also I quite <laughs> I'll, I'll go on to it in a minute just remind me about hair in a bit yeah, yeah. but just Go back to this DVD, this Blu-ray release as well. I wish all Blu-rays came in this size, don't you? It's perfect. It's, it's not clunky. Perfect. It's not clunky. It's yeah. nice. It's compact, and it's it's quite cheap. So we're not sponsored by Net Net uh, Network. No, no, I'm going to get that. Is that, that's going to be on my Christmas list because my wife was saying, "Oh, you never you buy everything before I can buy something, so yeah. that's going to go on my Christmas list." I, I'm not too sure if I bought it direct from Network or I bought it from Amazon, but it's part of the British Film Collection. And uh, my next one I'm going to get is is. Uh, uh, the third man. Third man. I, I believe oh, yeah, that's that'd been be amazing. That's that's a, I love that film. Anyway. So I'll be taking it home with me. So let's get into the League of Gentlemen. So it was directed by Basil Durden. Um, do you know which also film, uh, which was his last film he directed, which I believe is uh, Roger Moore's best film? Is it the man who um, man who haunted himself? I love that that film. was his last film he directed. It, Oh, right, it's Roger yeah. Moore's best film. Oh, he's, Even he's, 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 well, he said it's his favourite film. It's, I, I think it's the only time I ever saw him act. Yeah. Because basically, Roger Moore was Roger Moore. So, not, not bullshit, then we've. Um, but, <laughs> no, 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 no. No. but this, actually, them two characters <laughs> are really, really good. Oh, yeah, I just yeah. like the way they are different. And I think it, it was a shame really, that Roger Moore was never thought of more. He was more of a people liked him, didn't they? I think they did. And I suppose there's nothing wrong with that at the end of the day because, I mean, you also got. I mean, he played some dark characters one in quite a few films. There was yeah. a film that he did, and you'll probably know the name because it was a war film, in which he played a. It was a good guy, but it was also quite a nasty piece of work. And yeah. he did that when he was doing Bond. Is that a sketch to Athena? I think it might have been. Yeah, he replaced the Commandant. The Commandant, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah which is, I think it's a great film. film. Really uh, uh, this film, The League of Gentlemen, <clears throat> is uh, based on the book. Uh, by John Bolland, which I think would be a nice book to try. Do you and know? Read. I said I'm going to read the book now because I really yeah. want to read it because 
I don't want to go more. I just want to see if the cynicism's in that book like it is, because I bet you it must be. Probably would be. I mean, I, it's the time we didn't write down when that was made, but I bet you anyway, it must be the 50s, because it's got a 50s feel too, even though it's like. Not yeah, it was shot in the 50s, weren't it? I think oh, yeah, the film was yeah. shot in the 50s, really. But. <clears throat> it's an allied filmmakers and distributed by British Lion Films. I love to bring that one up because I always used to get really excited when I see, I'd see British Lion yeah, films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the, the, the film companies that tried to keep the British film industry alive. It was released on. Because it was in the doldrums around a bit, the British film industry, wasn't it? Well, it was. And it, and it was mainly because after um, talkies started, um, British cinema was then overrun by American films. And cinemas then were, were, were contracted that they had to play virtually all of them, 80% of them had to be American films yeah. for them to play a British film. So what British films ended up doing was, was literally churning out, you know, really shit films. Yeah, right, like really crappy yeah, stuff. Yeah, just grab comedy films, you know, and, and there's a lot of them out there. You probably look at them now, actually, they're probably not too bad because they're few and far between. Uh, and so for, the, for, for, for Britain to keep up with the American distribution of films, I mean, they're powerhouses at this point. Yeah, yeah. You know. I suppose Britain didn't have a lot of money either at this period. No, the, well, we was, the t- 50s we, we was in debt. Yeah. Uh, the last thing that we were thinking of is spending money on films and we, we literally still got no food in the until yeah. 1955 I think um, rationing well there's a line in this film about that isn't there yeah yeah. About well, the rationing, th- this is the point where you know Britain have never had it so good in this, this is the start of the 60s but as we point out this is the 1960s which is the real Britain this is the real Britain. This is the you know. This could be any any city. This could be Manchester. This could be Birmingham. This could be Leeds. You know. This could be Bradford, Liverpool. It's set in London. You know. This is the proper. It's not Carnaby Street. You know. It's not Covent Garden. No, it's not know. glamorous. This film. No. With the start of the film, isn't it? As, as you're going to start. As we, yeah, as we go in. So it was released on the 5th of April 1960. It's 116 minutes long. A very unusual thing for this one. It's still under two hours long. And I think it needs it. I think it does. And it doesn't drag either. No, because I think a lot of this film is, is like, you know, it's all set up for the robbery at the end. But a lot of these are character study about flawed men. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? They're all flawed. And it, flawed. it very quickly builds up the knowledge of each character. That's yeah, what's yeah, really yeah. good about it. So we'll talk about it briefly in a, uh, a moment. Um, it had a budget of £192,000. Obviously, there's no record of what it made on no. there, but I think it was a pretty successful film for its time. Mainly because of its star, Jack Hawkins, who plays Lieutenant Colonel Norman Hyde. Now, he was born John Edward Hawkins on the 14th of September 1910 in Woodgreen, Middlesex. 1910? 1910. So he was 50 when he was doing this? Uh, he was 50, 49, 49. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And he um, during this film, in fact, he was diagnosed uh, with cancer and uh, they had to shut production down for a few days. Okay. Well, I'm not being funny. The amount of fags everyone smokes in this film. Well, he, 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 I mean, I got a little bit of information here. In December 1965, Jack Hawkins was diagnosed with throat cancer. His entire larynx was removed in January 1966. And in March of that year... So in March of that year, he appeared at a royal screening of Born Free, attended by the Queen, and received a standing ovation. Uh, thereafter, his performances were dubbed, often with Hawkins' approval, by Robert Rietti, or, most notably, Charles Gray. Hawkins continued to smoke after losing his voice. Uh-huh. In, in private, though, he used a special mechanical larynx to aid you speak. He went from 60 cigarettes a day to three. 
60. 60 but cigarettes. But when you think about mm. this film, everyone is chain smoking in it, aren't oh, yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you forget that's what everyone did. Well, did you think that? we Recently over here, we had a, a wonderful three part um, docu. I suppose docu drama, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't Dramatisation of Dennis Nilsson called Dez, played wonderfully by David Tennant. And uh, the policeman played by uh, David oh, Daniel Mayers. Daniel Mayers, yes. Yeah. Both of them, if they, they do yeah. not win an, a BAFTA, if they for don't that, win I a will BAFTA. be shocked. Yeah. I will be shocked. I think Mayers was superb as the support, best supporting actor, and, and Tennant was just just wonderfully subtle and. No, this is the best it. thing I've ever saw Tennant in. Absolutely. And I tell you what suited it, not too much of it. Yep. Because I think the serial killers, like the Hannibal Lecter thing, wasn't it? The less you see of them, the more effective it is. Yeah. The more you see of baddies, mm. it sort of makes them crap. Oh, yeah. Like we were talking before with Moriarty and Thingy, weren't it? Yeah. The more you saw of him, the more you didn't care. It's the same with Moriarty. Sorry, the same with Mycroft in that as well. Yeah. But how much did they smoke in that? Ah. You know, in the and 80s, it's, it's like, it's but smoking. But I remember, you know, because what, what we liked at that days as well was the fact is that was our fucking ballpark, weren't it? Yeah. Grew up in that world. Mm. And I remember everyone smoked. Yep. Everyone smoked. Everyone smoked. My mum and dad smoked. You went round. Everyone was smoking. Yep. Every pub you went to. Yeah. Every restaurant you went to. Every smoking on the plane. Smoking on the smoking train. On the plane, smoking in taxis. In restaurants. You'd be in having, restaurants. having something. I remember mean, mum and dad would be smoking away so, while yeah, you're having your yeah. stuff. And so somebody put on Twitter, so I wonder if this is sponsored by Embassy, because it's yeah. Embassy number one. But you've got to show it. You've got to show it. But like I said to you, I wondered how, because I don't, I, I'm pretty 100% sure David Tennant does not smoke. No, no, it's the same cigarettes he uses in Peaky Blinders. Yeah. It's like a, it's like, it's like a, it's a, it's a, what did I call it? It's like an essence, really. Yeah. But if you notice a down in hell, then just put it in the mouth, hold it, hold and it, and then blow out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't yeah. Hide it. Otherwise, you'd be like, oh, yeah. you'd be along with Jack Hawkins. <laughs> Sixty a day. Is this is this your favourite film with Jack Hawkins in? Yeah, I love Jack Hawkins. I, I like him. You're I like a big fan, yeah. Him and Kenneth Moore. Mm. Right. I, I I just I just loved them when I was a kid because. I mean, whenever it's in the film, and they're always good in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never yeah. saw Jack Hall, and he's been one of them. He's in loads and loads and loads of films. I think it's my my favourite cat because he's such a nasty piece of work, but he's subtly a nasty piece of work. Mm. It's some of the little barbs he says in this film. You think, oh, I mean, some of those good for that. But some of these little things, you think, oh, he's not that nice, really. No. Like his speech at the end in it, you know, when he's revving them up. Yeah. Because he's a bit of a case, isn't he? Yeah, well, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. And you think, oh, he's not very nice, really. You can see that he's proper pissed off for it, can't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, the other person who I really like, who's my favourite character, I'll tell you what, just he's jumping dying, in. He's dying, is it? It is dying. Is it race by a chance? I knew you'd like it. <laughs> Hello, darling. Hello, darling. He goes, don't call me darling, be a fine. Hello, dear. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's, and that's what, what is all that? Like, did the people speak like well, that? Well, no, this is the thing, right? This is what I wanted to get to, is because, well, let's just say, because Nigel Patrick, who's a, a superb actor. Yeah. Uh, I don't ever seen him in much of a story. He's been in quite, actually, you reckon but, when you see pictures of him you recognise him in a lot of things he actually looks incredibly well cut in this film a lot of the time he plays a lot of roughings in this film Nigel Patrick plays Major Peter Race uh, born Nigel Dennis Patrick Wimsgorman Wimsgorman the 2nd of May 1912 in Clapham London and passed away uh, the 21st of September 1981 aged 69 Um, I don't have any kind of itineraries what all these people are into but uh, there's something about his character there'd be loads of films wouldn't there oh absolutely no yeah, no, he does say, he does say, when he goes, please, please stop calling me uh, dear. And he goes, darling. And he goes, well, he goes, sorry, it's the thing you pick up in the YMCA. Now, there's loads of things so in this is, film. Is, is the YMCA a hostel for 
for, for X Army at this yeah. point because we know the YMCA now as being like a travellers hospital yeah yeah you know, I don't, it's right. probably very different then because you don't really know because it starts when it's doing that thing with the start where they're all at at the beginning mm. he's like in bed with a woman isn't it and he's talking about gambling but he's he? gambling he's, he's gambling I think he's a homeless really isn't he yeah, but you don't really you know don't, with him. No, so he, the only, I mean, you assume he's living with this woman. Who you, at one point, you assume is his wife because they get on extremely well and they talk as if they're husband and wife. I mean, we'll talk about the back more when we get to it, but the fact that then he mentions that there's loads of sort of things like that. So we'll talk about that thing because it's the way he mentions the way I'm saying, which throws you out of character then because you think you know who this character yeah. is. And then you think, hold on a minute, the way I'm saying, that means he's. Yeah, I think a lot of this film, there's loads of little things put up in the air. And that's what I like about this film. If anyone's never seen this film, and they're not into old films. It's a very different film because it's very cynical. And there's loads of things you're thinking, that's a bit weird for a 60s film. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's it's that's a bit... Because it's a different kind yeah, of... Yeah, yeah. It's saying this is Britain, isn't it? Mm. These are our these are our heroes who won the war. Yeah. They're not very nice people. Well, of course they weren't, because they, <laughs> they weren't originally... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so Roger um, Livesey, who's a well-known actor, plays Captain the Padre Mycroft, born 25th... No, he's a seedy fucking character. No, he is a seedy character. And we'll, so we'll talk yeah, about yeah. him uh, born 25th June 1906 in Barry, Wales. Uh, passed away December the 4th, Febru- uh, sorry, died 4th of February 1976, aged 69. Is there anyone alive? I don't think Ooh, so. Oh, I think there is. Hold on. So, uh, Dickie. Dickie! My favourite character, in it. Richard Attenborough, yeah. who, who, let's face it, again, like Hawkins, is another, I know, I know he, I'm not going to say, he's not a joke at all, but I know he became known as the British lovey, didn't he? But Later not on there. But Richard Attenborough, no, he's an just sublime. He's an amazing actor. Like oh, I said, God. right, I tell you what, there's another film he did about a year later from this film, right, and it's always like, have you got talking pictures? Um, you must no, have. No, I don't think you I haven't. do, no. Uh, no I, you, you keep asking me that, because uh, you keep fucking well teasing me with uh, shit. It's got some brilliant stuff on it, right? The other day, they had a Richard Attenborough day where they put in loads of these old yeah. films. And I watched one, it's, it's an amazing film called uh, Science on a Wet Afternoon. Yeah, I know yeah, it yeah, is yeah, 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 amazing yeah. film, yeah. and I think there was this period in Britain where we were making dark films, but I just don't think it ever caught on. And then later, they become a lot more romps. Well, didn't I, they? I suppose when you look at At uh, Dickie or Richard Attenborough, uh, or Lord Attenborough, should be, should, 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 you think of Brighton Rock, yeah. don't you? Uh, I mean, but no, you he's, he's, he's not nice. No, no, he's a fucking pervert. Isn't he? Is it? Well, yeah, and he's got one of my favourite lines. It's like because uh, uh, you have a dirty week and I'm having a dirty year. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he also says because he gets fined, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it worth the hundred pounds? Because it's worth five hundred. Now, Dicky Richard Attenborough was born, uh, playing uh, Lieutenant Edward Lexi, born the twenty ninth of August nineteen twenty three, uh, in Cambridge, and sadly passed away the twenty fourth of August two thousand and fourteen. He was ninety hell. years old yeah. when Dicky passed away, and he still looked amazing. A lot of our younger listeners will probably know him from um, uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who's also, of course, he was the, the actor who took a gamble on Robert Downey. Junior to play Chaplin, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and and still had it, you know, as rightly so. It was a great casting choice that yeah, was. Yeah. And he um, really helped him, didn't he, through that film? Because he was going through serious problems, through problems. Really. and he was also well known as well, of course, being the elderly gentleman on the train in the Wildwell Children, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. which is stands out for me, which is great. Brian Forbes, an incredibly interesting man here, captain, played Captain Martin Poorhill, born John Theobald Clark on the twenty second of July nineteen twenty six. Uh-huh. He sadly passed away. 
uh, died the 8th of May 2013, aged 86. Now, he is married, of course, to Nanette Newman, who is also in this it film. Is in that, yeah, yeah. Who's, who's fabulously lucky about it. Yeah, yeah, but what yeah. is great about Brian Forbes is the fact not only he's an actor, but of course he wrote this film yeah, yeah. as well. And I think he gave himself one of the best parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because his, his, his portrayal really is that of a womaniser. Um, and again, well, once no, we've he's, he's, he's horrible. He's a gigolo, he's, isn't he? He's a gigolo, isn't well, he? Well, basically, a male prostitute. He's a male, and that's his, but again, Again, which is great yeah. about this film is you see him in, you see him with uh, this uh, with a woman, yeah. and then uh, he necking off in the car. And then he gets home and you think Evie is with his wife, and he opens a letter, which we'll talk about the letter yeah. in a minute. And she goes, "That's not from your wife, is it?" Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, a minute. <laughs> yeah, What's yeah. going on here? But there, so you think he's just a womanizer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, later on when he's talking all about him, you find out he's just a prostitute. Yeah. And I love that. It's not said either. No, no, no. It's not said either. No. It's just that you, you, you're intelligent enough to, to clip on into it. Kieran Moore plays Captain Stevens, born uh, Kieran O'Hanaraki. Oh, dear. Cal, you might be able to say that because it's an Irish name, there. Eh? means that you're more Irish than me. Uh, <laughs> we're there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can you say that? No. Oh, uh, <laughs> Hanrahaken, is it? Hanrahaken, is that Hanrahaken. what it is? Hanrahaken. That's, that's like, like an Irish word, so yeah. That's like a day to day. Or Welsh name. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think I'd call it O'Hanra Hacken. That's like O'Hanra Hanra Hacken. He plays Captain Stevens, born 5th of October 1924 in County Cork. Very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, he passed away 5th of July 2007. He, now, he, he's, he's, uh, he's the character which is um, the homosexual character. Well, I, I think he's the character in all of this film which for the time must have been shocking yeah. because it wasn't talked about that kind of thing. No. Because and it's not really talked about in this, no, is it? it's hinted at because at the yeah. beginning he's like doing a massage, massage isn't it, that bloke? Yeah. And then there's that bloke comes up and he's trying to buy something off him but you don't know what it is, do you? Well, you don't know and if it's blackmail. Is it blackmail? I don't know. I, you know what? I think it's blackmail Yeah. because the way he's slightly sinister about it and then when he goes off and he, he tells that bloke to get on a can, he starts doing the boxing massage on him. And he says that thing and he goes, uh, he says something, doesn't it? Where you yeah, think, yeah. that's an unusual thing to say. And, he, and, he, and he's got a slight smile, yeah, only yeah. slight. The slow to, yeah. I, th- I think what's really interesting about that is the fact that one, not only is he gay, but he's also Irish, yeah. which and is, you presume he's probably uh, Catholic, which is, and a fascist. So you kind of think all of these things is yeah. really going against the grain that's of That's the thing, right. And because there's bits, all little jobs in like when he rooms him at him related because I make sure I keep the light on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, for 1960, I, you know, it, it wasn't talked about in yeah. cinema. And I think it must have been, a, at the time, I'd love to have known at the time what the reviews were. That It's, probably, it's a bit uncomfortable. This is Britain. But yeah. this is Britain. But this is, this is Britain. Now, other actors, we won't go through all of these people. I say we mentioned that... Uh, um, and then it even plays Elizabeth Rutland Smythe. Um, there are uh, uh, Terence Alexander plays Major Rupert Rutland Smith. Terence Alexander Kell, he's the one who's married to Nanette Newman. Who? What else has he been in? Do you recognise him? No. He was the one who played Charlie. Oh, hold on, let me get the name right. He plays. Um, he plays Charlie Hungerford. In Bergerac. What? He's the white-haired man who drives around in Bergerac oh, on the island. Yeah. Right, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's Norman Burr plays Captain Frank Weaver. Robert Coote plays Brigadier Bunny Warren. Very small Warren is. But there are a couple of... A um, couple of 
uh, uh, people in this film who are became well known. Do you know who is they are? Is it the one where when he opens the door and he's necking that woman in there? It is. Is he the that? one that is at the Ipcus file? He's in the Ipcus. That's Nigel Green. Yeah. Also, I, in I Zulu. Love him. In that I film. love him in Ipcus file. That's what I thought. Yeah. I was looking up because I thought, how's he been at Ipcus no, no moustache in that in this film. Oh, yeah. And the other person is Oliver Reed. Plays the uh, chorus boy. It's his first. One of his first films. Uh, Possibly one of his first speaking roles. Possibly the only character in this film who throws it out of the film because he plays, 1960, a clearly, clearly camp. Yeah, it's weird how they've, like, they've done it right with Stephen. Yes. Yeah. Having his like, and he's just a normal bloke. Yeah. But with that, it's like a lovely, that just going back on stereotype. It's really, really isn't it? and it, it's kind of like so over the top. Now, you expect you expect that if you're having a camp farce, maybe, right? But this was sort of like, almost like that 70s camp humour. It's like, oh, hello there, ducky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you kind of think, and it really is that. And you think, but like I said to you, didn't I, this morning? How good looking is Oliver Reed at this point He's in his a career? He's a beautiful man. My God, I mean, you can see why he was tipped to be a, a, a well, leading said, man. I mean, like I said, read that book. The one thing I went on you about with that book was yeah. he pissed it all up the wall. He really did. He yeah. could have been. He could have been Richard Burton. Yeah. It could have been Richard oh, Burton. He's like, I mean, just before he did the, the howling, he he got attacked in a bar. Well, I say he got attacked in a bar. He was in a fight in a bar yeah. and got glassed. And uh, so he's got a prominent scar down the left-hand side of his face. I think it's left-hand side of his face. And so he, that's the reason why he grew beards a lot of the time. And you can see, if you look closely, you can see it. But it is nice. It's still like Michael Caine in the Dan Busters. Uh, it's still great to see, yeah, yeah, to, see, yeah, yeah, yeah. to see these things. And also, of course, Patrick Reviews in Dan Busters. Um, so let's talk. Let's go through the film, Cal. So... It starts off, and it's a, like the third man, really. It starts off in the most beautiful kind of owner shop of a manhole cover. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a question about that manhole cover, man, because he, he, the man cover opens and goes, and Charles Hawkins, Charles Hawkins, yeah, yeah. Jack Hawkins, Charles Hawkins, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack Hawkins peekaboos out and then yeah. drops it back down because yeah, the bus goes over yeah. it. Then he gets, now, if you notice, he gets out of this manhole cover quite easily, lifting it up, but then struggles to, yeah, to, to yeah, yeah, put it back yeah, down. Yeah. Now, there's a nice nod to this in another film. Would you like to explain what it is? Well, it's Ocean's Eleven. Now, because the, what's interesting about this, right, there's a, there's a, like, there's a thing in cinema called uh, mise-en-scene, right? It's a French term, which basically means in one shot of a film, it tells the whole story in a shot, right? It's from a long time ago. It comes from the, from the silent cinema. The way to do something to show people will look at it and go, oh, this is what the film's going to be about. And this has got the perfect mezzanine. It's like, oh, he's posh, but he's in the bloody gutter, mm. isn't he? Yeah, He's yeah, in the yeah. gutter like everyone else. Right now, George Clooney is a massive fan of this film. So he wanted to homage this film. So that's why Danny Ocean, when he's in prison, walks out with a... Uh, a dinner jacket because yeah. he's in the gutter with the dinner jacket on and that's Love what that. that's all about. That's a cracking crack yeah. nod to this film. Yeah. It really is. In fact, if they remade it... Uh, now, they could remake this you film. There's so much you film. could do with yeah. this film. But you don't need soldiers. You could, couldn't yeah. you? And you don't need to change it. No. Don't yeah, change maybe it. You could have a if, if you, you know... Well, if it's modern day, you'd have... Black people, Asian people. You could do that, but the rest of it... Even the bank robbery we'll talk about, you could do it exactly the same. Oh, also, also, as well, you could have radio ninja. It could be a woman as well. Yeah, you could have like you know, an explosive expert. It could be a woman as well. It's it's open for it without without pissing on the story. No, because the effect when we'll talk about later, 
it'd work even better now because the cameras yeah. work and even better. Also as well, I think, also as well, I think you could probably get away. We, we've also having the one guy slightly annoyed the fact that he's been discharged from the army for being gay because that still is a case to a yeah. certain degree. Yeah. I think that would work pretty well. But yeah, we see, so we see um, Jack Hawkins' character get out in a, in a top. You don't know what he's walk. doing at first. You don't, it makes sense. It makes sense like, like, then, he, then he walks off and gets into a Rolls Royce, which yeah. is amazing. Again, this is another one of them scenarios where... You see people have these beautiful looking houses. Is that a silver shadow then? Would that have a silver shadow? No, I don't think he's a silver shadow. No, he's no, too early for that. Um, or too late. He's probably too late, actually. Yeah. Um, and then, but it's like these people, you see, they have, they have a portion in the front of the drive, but they've got no food in the fridge. It's exactly that, isn't it? It's got it's exactly that. that yes. Yeah. But he does, doesn't have a housekeeper. So you see him, and then you see him go back to his house, and he's got these line of books, and the book's called The Golden Fleece nice. by uh, John Seaton, obviously, it's a made up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Book. So I did try to find it. Oh, I did just see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got all these books. I love the way this is filmed as well. It's got all the books uh, yeah. lined up. It's got the letter like, in like, each like one. an army man in each yeah, All perfect. All organised. And like, it's cost a £5 pound note in half. Because you can do it. I didn't know you that. You can do that, yeah. As long as you put the right the serial numbers back together and you sellotape. Yeah. That, that's why people say, oh, I can't accept that. It's got a sellotape. No, you can accept that. It's legal tender. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it must hurt you to do it. But there's an awful lot of £5 notes there. Yeah. Which, which, which is not poor. So you, you, you do think, well, where does he get all this money from yeah, yeah. to start off with? He's clearly been saving up for this. He's clearly, this is, him being discharged from the army just because he's been retired from it, yeah. he's clearly rubbed him up the wrong way and he saved the money for this. So you then see him, so he cuts the £5 notes and you start to put them in envelopes. And of course, he's going to post these. We then cut to the major, who's been clearly gambling, as we mentioned. Yeah, uh, he's with this kind of this nice girl. But you, you, you don't know what his relationship with her really. No, not at all. And he, but you think he's. I think that's her. Home. It's her house. It's clearly her it? house. And she's looking after him to a certain degree. So he's obviously sort of like you know conned his way in there, maybe or something like that, because he's very upper crust. He's very sort of like no. Tell it's also, I like his hair. As right. Well. Yeah. I tell it's interesting about him. He's the one who does loads of things about bloody socialists and bolshies, doesn't he? Yes, he does. And it's so, you know, that's the thing with this. They're not heroes in it. No. You're thinking, it's like these constantly old bloody people moaning about the wages because he's upper crust, isn't he? Yeah. But which is ironic, though, because after they have the meeting all together, he follows him back to the place. And he says, well, I thought we might as well carry on because that's when you find out he actually doesn't have anywhere to go. But he also tries to undercut everyone. He turns around and goes, what, equal shares? Yeah, And he yeah, goes, yeah. no, it has none to be equal that, shares. None of that socialistic nonsense. Yeah. He goes, it has to be equal shares for this to work. Yeah, and he's got one of my favourite, I think one of the first tough lines in this film is where he's walking up the stairs and he goes, oh, is that is your wife still alive? He goes, no, the bitch, no, he goes, is your wife dead? He goes, no, the bitch is still alive. It's not exactly like that. It's Jack Hawkins who says Yeah, that, that he line. says that and he thinks. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Cal. Shall I play the clip? Is that your wife? Yes. Is she dead? No, no, I regret to say the bitch is still going strong. I'm glad you brought that up, man. Yeah, That's the only you, clip we've got of this film. And yeah. then you think, oh, this is not a usual film. Yeah. You don't say that. You know, yeah. usually, the lot, he's like, no, he's like, he's nasty. Yeah, yeah. Which is actually, that line... Let yeah, me it's like, that, 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 when I first saw this film, yeah, it's like, this was a bit, oh, bloody hell, this, this, this what made me carry watching. When I, when I first watched this film initially, I started watching it, I thought, oh, it's all right. And that line, I thought, oh, bloody hell. Yeah, we're using the word bitch as well. From 1960. It's actually taken from the Colonel Blimp film, which is a couple of years earlier than that. Oh, that's right. Got, that's almost like a nod to it, that is. So, yeah, so, and it's, it's and there you'll hear the wonderful, the wonderful voice of Jack Hawkins saying that. Yeah. Uh, we then cut over to um, Terence Alexander's. Uh, character uh, Rupert who clearly is just he's clearly under the thumb by Nanette Newman's character uh, who uh, and she no, plays she's humiliating him yeah she plays Elizabeth she goes, oh, yeah because she says to him 
Oh, it's not. Uh, it's, you're not going to be bothered there because, well, the rationing's over now. Yeah, you never had it. I've never had it, so you can get what you want. Yeah, and it's like he's just humiliated, isn't he? And she's clearly on the phone to her lover. Yeah, and all that kind of stuff. So you automatically know for a while that he's down on his lot because he's been humiliated in front of in front of this person. Um, we then cut to Martin, who's Brian Forbes. As we said, you see him kissing a girl in a taxi, and then he gets home to another mistress, and we find out later on that. He's a he's a gigolo. He looks cool, though, doesn't he? He does look cool. He's got cracking hair. Yeah, he has. He wrote that line <laughs> saying, okay, so I'm going to cop off him two ladies. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. am I going to do? We then caught, cut to Dickie, Richard Attenborough, and, he, and he's, he's, I mean, I've put it here in brackets, always a cracking actor. He plays like a, a radio repairman, doesn't he? But he's also clearly doing a sideline on fixing uh, gambling machines. He's a seed. He might be giving him. It's all about money, isn't it? Yeah. When you find out his back... We'll talk about that in a bit. When you find out his little backstory, it's not about principle, it's about money. money. yeah. And he wants that woman in the car. Yeah, the way he says, how much for her, then? Yeah. He's not a nice character. Yeah. He's not enough, nice... He does get her, doesn't he? Yeah, That's he the does. Thing. There's someone get her. We then see Mr. Stevens, the boxing trainer, as we mentioned already, yeah, who's, yeah. who's the gay character. We've got uh, Frank, played by uh, Norman Bird. Um, he's also in the Faulty Towers episode Waldorf Salad. Oh, right. a, a little bit, yeah, of, yeah. A bit of information for you there. The dinner party, I love all that kind of thing where they all meet up. They've all been told to go to this dinner party. And, it's really, and they've got butlers and everything. They've got like butlers. That. It's clearly like they're thinking, well, this is, we're going to have a nice meal here. And Jack Hawkins turns up and they have, they have that nice bottle of wine. And then my favourite character goes, oh, not the 52. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we also find out here that the Padre was done in the botanical gardens for gross yeah. indecency. I'll put question mark there because it's not mentioned about what kind well, of... Was he flashing? Was think, he having sex Well, you think about his story. When you think he's a priest at the beginning, yeah, you he think he's he He's got loads of porno mags in there. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, bloody hell. <laughs> That's 1960. They're showing all these magazines mm. in there. He's a... And it's it, but this is the thing with this film. They're horrible. Also, he's the one at the end of the film who nearly drops his case with the money in. Yeah. So clearly he's a bit of a butterfingers kind of thing. But his, his expert is... Uh, what is he now? Is he quartermaster? He's the quartermaster, he's the quartermaster yeah, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, race, my one. Um, so he now all the others. What are the other others done? Can you remember what the the other things are? The one was obviously kind of like for homosexuality. Yeah. Dicky uh, was, was uh, he was selling selling secrets to the Russians. Yep. Which yeah. is like something up. He's like he didn't care about he just nah. cared about money. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, the one guy who is um, he got done for killing four men on the bomb disposal thing. Yeah. He, he's the one you don't know much about. He's, he's the explosive expert. But he obviously sent some men in without the proper authority. Yeah. Or thing. And, and he's got a horrible life, life, really, because he's like, he's married that woman for money, you know, and yeah. she's not looking after her dad. And he just looks so forlorn in that yeah. thing, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's just sort of like, oh, God, yeah. here we go again, and it's that kind of stuff. Um, so after the after that, the dinner party, basically, is he explains to them only the basics. He gives them all the, five, the extra five pound, though. Yeah. They all have a nice meal and he explains to them, he explains who they all are and what crimes they've done in the past or misdemeanors, shall we say, more yeah. than crimes. So they all know they're on equal footing. They all know they're, they're not better than anybody else. Yeah, yeah. In fact, Jack Hawkins doesn't say what rank he is. He just to make us, let's just say that I overrank yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I did say the night at the beginning that he he's uh, he's a lieutenant he's colonel. Lieutenant colonel, yeah. yeah so, so then you got the major. So they automatically take the roles of, of the would He says... This is like an army operation. We will be operating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I love about this. The fact that they, from day one, said, right, from, if you're up for it, from tomorrow, this is an army thing. Yeah, you yeah. Know, the, and I love that. There's of a bit thing. of that thing that they the, the can't move on. It's the only time they're ever really happy in their lives, isn't it? Yeah. It's that, got a bit of a wild geese 
Everybody's got cornea. Yeah, but it's that, yeah. saying that they're only happy when they're... When they're in regiment. When they're in the regiment. Like, like he's a lot of ex-army people. Yeah. Right? They kind of like a regiment. They can't get... That's why they get depression and all. They can't yeah. face it, They, they need to be told. Almost need to be told to. But they like things to be in order. As soon as they might not go into the police force or something yeah. like that. Because they know. Oh, and also, I suppose, uh, bodyguarding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Vase follows uh, Hyde back to the house. And they have a bit of a nice chit-chat. And they have another lunch. Yeah, which yeah, is like yeah, which, they're, they're like eating, drinking, and smoking. Like, like eating, drinking, and smoking. And that's when they say that he, uh, as Hawkins goes up the stairs, yeah, he says, "Is that your wife?" And he says, "That great line." And, and it's like he's like, it's like a tip, it's like a pigsty in it. And he goes, oh, "I have one time, you once a month." Once a time, yeah. And they do the dishes, and he says, "I've got line." He goes, "Oh, you've not got no cook." And he goes, "Oh, I can't be bothered for myself." And it's like eating out of tins, you know. Yeah. He likes it. He's got all this house, but he's living like a like yeah. a kid. Well, he, he doesn't have a house made. No, no. You they, know, they, they do the washing up together again. Though you see the regimented. Yeah, because he said I was always good at that. I love thing. that. Um, they meet in a, a rehearsal room to do it, and then obviously this is where we saw uh, Oliver Reed. Dickie's in the car, obviously all uh, all now <laughs> copying off with that with that thing, yeah. and they all go back to the house. But what I love about the whole plan, when you see the plan, it's so laid out, it's so well done, and they actually use a thing where they're going to pretend to well hint that the IRA used hence the reason why they use Stevens with his Irish accent that is actually based on the real thing where the IRA did raid right, I think, yes. by, by impersonating officers and stole weapons from, from a place and like I said it's yet again for, you know you wouldn't got the IRA mentioned in an alien comedy no not at all she's like well that's why the IRA in it well, I also as well. I love this whole thing when they build it up when they get the phone call to Saunders the person who's in the base where they all start shitting themselves and instead of going there, right, we come to inspect your guns, we come to inspect your uniforms. It's the food menu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, and you always get you always get the cheeky kind the cheeky kind of like soldier with the bad teeth. Yeah, with the bad teeth. Which is but England then, isn't it? The, the the sergeant major is clearly looking at going, oh, I'm going to get you. He's in loads of carry on films. He's in like, playing the same character. Yeah, he always plays the sergeant major. So, yeah. I'm sure he's in the wild case, isn't he? I think he is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, when you look at it, he goes, uh, "Give me one of those fried eggs." Yeah, yeah. And he looks and he's like, "Oh my god!" And then he makes that's mass- the meal that I've been in. He's yeah. like watching it. I'm like egg and chips and stuff. Egg and chips. How <laughs> British! But I love the fact that he makes Jack Hawkins eat it. He goes, yeah, yeah, eat yeah. that, will you? Because yeah, yeah. the Padre is playing the the, the yeah, 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 yeah. that. And he got the soup as well, and the old vice has to eat that. So I love the way he gets the two people in charge to eat the eat the crap yeah, food. Yeah. Whilst they're doing this, the other lot have got in to steal the steal the guns. I love the fact as well. The first place to go into is empty. Yeah, yeah. But did you notice what they do? They break the lock. They put the lock back they on. They put a new lock back on, don't they? Yeah, and I yeah. thought, that's so good. Yeah. That's yeah. so well done. But then they almost get caught tonight because they're pretending the cars were down. And then an AA man comes up. I classic AA bloke on a motorbike. Oh, with a light on the top of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, because then as well, the AA, and you also see the AA, and you also see an RAC thing in the booth later on. Oh. They were they were also the third emergency. They were classed as the fourth emergency service at this point. They yeah. were incredibly important because cars did break, break down. down yeah. And no one knew anything about mechanics unless you were in the army because you wouldn't know this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, like that's true. As you said, they go and steal a... Uh, a, a they need a, a kind of like a removal truck, don't they? So they go and Vice goes to steal it, which I, I love that bit. And this is where you see Nigel Green who's sitting in necking off with someone. Not credited either. Like, yeah. I, agree, not I like the name of the company as well, I mean, Cooperative The Cooperative, yes. Yeah, so I, I love that. <laughs> great little there. Now, there is a video there of the armour car. Now, what I want to know about... Who's filming that? That's what I wrote down there. There's loads of stuff like that. Because <laughs> then, it weren't like a little on your no, phone. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't like a cine can no, no, right? no it's a bit like that we've uh, on the Italian job when they're filming it and you can at least on that point you see the guy look at the camera going where are you filming this is perfectly filmed <laughs> yeah. so I don't know I don't know how they did that but another thing that I noticed there we're not doing cookery duty 
How many potatoes does Dickie have to cook? What is that meal? No, I like that scene though where the ones that he's got the gun in there. Yeah. He's working the gun out and it pans around him. He's like spilling, peeling the spuds. Peeling you know? the spuds, yeah. I love that little bit. Like yeah, that. It's a lovely little way that it's all cooperative. Yeah, yeah, they're all doing it yeah. Um, what did I put there? Now, I did notice when they're driving up, when the, when the whole robbery starts to get ahead, so they know they've got to get in. They've got to get a diversion, which is going to be the smoke. They've all got their ideas. Obviously, the thing is, you know, we get in the bank, we've got the guns, we've got masks. But as it drives past, they go past the Daily Express building. Do you notice the Christmas trees? No, there's all Christmas trees in the Daily Express building. Oh, so you're looking, thinking, yeah. this, so this is set around about this November. Yeah, because that's Fleet Street, wasn't it? Oh, Fleet Street. Yeah, how beautiful does Fleet Street look then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With those I think it's a, uh, you know, a great time for Brit. It probably wasn't, you know, because we didn't have no money and everyone was starving, but it looked, looked good. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. just before the swinging 60s, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's on that cusp of like rock and roll. Rock and roll and jazz, in. wasn't it? But the back streets look dirty and all this. It's still in this day and age. It's like places like that, I don't know. Um, so this is where we go. They go to the City and Bank Limited. And this is where you, I've just put in massive letters, build up. Because the whole of the oh, build up to the robbery is amazing. The yeah. music is superb. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. shots of the film is really good. There's no dialogue. No dialogue. Also, yeah, it always works. Also, like, you know, they, they put those little... The little square racks up as building in racks. They're not very big, aren't they? No. You're just, you're just squatting it. Yeah, yeah. And you're yeah. thinking, it just look like you're going to the yeah, toilet, yeah. but they put a couple of those up. They've got their cans in there to get yeah, the smoke. Yeah, it's got a bomb around. in there to blow up the power, hasn't it? The, yeah. the alarm. The alarm. So they got all that lined up. And this is where you see a little thing. You don't think much of it. Unfortunately, if you've seen the film, you know what's coming. And I'm sorry about this, it's a bit of a spoiler, but. Jack Hawkins' character's walking yeah. around and a ball bounces across. He picks the ball off and he smiles at the young lad and throws it back to him. And he walks off and the boy takes yeah. out a notepad and he's doing, which we all probably did when we were kids. No one does it nowadays. No, no, really, no. He was writing down car number plates. Yeah. And he wrote, and he, he, this one's a, an American car number yeah, plate. Yeah, he yeah. writes down, it's really unusual. And you don't think anything of no, it. No, no. You don't think anything of that. And I love that. The That's such a well done. Though, it's it? a yeah. It's so amazing. <laughs> They get the smoke uh, going on by lighting these gas canisters. They all put gas masks on. And, and then you realise they're not messing about. No. They've got machine guns. Yeah. And they're, they're along the way, uh, he runs and jumps on the Forbes and jumps on the feet. Jumps it's the just like a modern, <coughs> just yeah. like a modern, like uh, a bank robbery film. Yeah, yeah. He runs up and jumps with his machine yeah. gun. And he's got it all held And he's being there. all polite in Jack Hawkins with that yeah. mask on. He's obviously that he's speaking through that mask there, isn't he? Well, no, that's, that's another little nod. No, no, but that's, that's you see that in the film. Richard Attenborough's character says, right, try this now. And he's fixed up a radio controller. Ah. So that, that's why you can hear him speaking. And I love that, the way they thought about that. And he was saying, look, everyone will be perfectly fine yeah, yeah. if we all do that. But you say, Brian Forbes jumps on there, very Tarantino which also done in The Joker recently. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, Well, I'm sorry, not The Joker. Yeah, The Joker. And also, a bit of a known, in the Nolan film of Batman as well, it's done exactly the same thing yeah, where you yeah. see one jump on top. And then there's that great line in that, doesn't he? Because, oh, well, we've got people waiting outside, we give you five minutes. And if you don't realise we're in business, this yeah. fire's the machine. And he fires the machine. Yeah, not messing about no. But also the way they walk out and the smoke is everywhere. But what is even better, they load up the, the they load up the, the the little van, which looks like a Morris. It's not a Morris mine. Looks no, like that's that. very uh, like uh, the uh, Italian, Italian job, isn't it? They then drive the car up. It doesn't quite get up. It doesn't. They have to push it up and they load it into the what removal car is van. That? I don't know. Is it a rover? It could be a rover. It's an estate, isn't it? Yeah. As well. I love that. I know they're only going for a million. It now they're going for just what whatever that truck delivered is all you need. You don't want anything else. Yeah. That's it. It's so well done. But what I like even more is the Hawkins character walking in front of the removal van, so they can walk because it's the smoke everywhere. I love that. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. But then they're having a bit of a party, and you think to yourself, "Why didn't you just go?" But they're having a party. They're celebrating. Everything has gone to plan. Perfect. They have checked everything. But then there's a knock at a door. 
and everything goes quiet. And, then, oh. and it's his next door. This is the only this thing the only I don't really like. Is no, the well, there is a reason for this. Oh, I'll is that? It it's the only thing I don't really... Because he's like, he's like, surely he notices something weird's going well, on. Well, also... Also, so Bunny Woman knocked on and hello, a boy, it's yeah, so great to see you. Thinking, oh, wait a minute, how did he know he was living there, right? I mean, I think he does explain, he goes, oh, you wouldn't believe it, I found your address in so-and-so, so he must be searching for him in the living next door. Well, that's it, in the letters, there's no postcode there. There's no postcode, no. <laughs> so, like, oh, so how did they get that? So he comes in, he gives him a drink, and I love the little nod to Rice about just keep filling his drink up with scotch and he'll be absolutely hammered. And slowly, they all start to leave. But, and this is the problem, the phone keeps ringing then, and he picks up the phone, he realises it's the police, yeah. and Rice decides to stop, doesn't he? Because no, I'll stop he with you. Thing, yeah, he goes, I'll stay with you, and we'll get out of the back. He goes, no, 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 this is the deal, and you go, and he leaves. Yeah. So he leaves at the end, and he decides to sort of like go, and the policeman turns up at the door, and he walks out. And he goes, tell me who snitched us. Oh, no, it's a and I love that, and he goes, no one did. And he goes, no. Yeah, yeah. This was this plan worked because who was the one? He goes, I, he goes just for gentleman's agreement, nothing will happen. Yeah. He goes, and he says Billy, Billy, someone. And he goes, yeah. I don't know who that. Is. He goes, well, you won't. He goes, yeah. young, there was a young boy collecting registration numbers, and there was a police officer. When that was like a police officer he nipped in and said, because realised that he, oh yeah, you know, he goes, I'm oh, nothing. Like, but he's a new copper. He didn't look at the number, but he did notice the removal van and your number plate. Yeah, it's him. And it's so him. it was him. His he own number plate, yeah. knacking it up. But he was, if it weren't for that little boy yeah, yeah. collecting number plates, yeah, yeah, they yeah. would have got away with it. And yeah. I loved the bit where they opened the van and they'll all sit in the yeah, van. Yeah, it's a really great scene. And scary. Rice goes, all political. So <laughs> I love that. But originally, that was not, that, no, that was not meant to happen. In the original script, they get away with it. But... The law at the time was you couldn't glorify criminality, yeah. so they had to be caught. So I think now, it sort of works. Does it work? I, I quite like that because one, it's the option of them being in prison. They could do a great getaway thing. Oh, you know what you I mean? think of that? They could do. They should have done a sequel to that. Yeah, with them in prison. With them in prison and working out yeah, to get yeah. out. Because I like it because he thinks he's better than everyone else, and he yeah. lost out to a little kid. To a little kid. But the way they all take it, sort of like there's yeah, no clue. Because they haven't got a life anyway. Nah, this is it. They're all knackered anyway. And I'm not saying that the, the army, being in the army, has been like in prison. But at that point, in the 1960s, the army was a bit like the prison and stuff like that. Really. Yeah. So we've got a few facts before we before we end this count. Um, as we've already said about uh, about this, um, in the original script, Gango Raid. Now, the army camp that the League of Gentlemen raid was built around the now disused Timekeeper's entrance at oh. Pinewood Studios. Oh, right. In some low angle shots, the famous water tower can be clearly seen in the background. This entrance was utilised in many movies from this period, including another barracks entrance in Guns at Batassi, 1964. Oh, that's a brilliant film, that is, you know, really good film. A research lab in Carry On Spying. Oh. And Elspell's oh, okay. Airport in Carry On Abroad oh, in 1972. Um, since the construction uh, of the new entrance, the Timekeepers, which was the main entrance into uh, the studio, uh, is no longer no longer there or no longer used. It's probably still on the backdrop. I just think it's weird that it's never been remade. With all the films that they've remade, like the made it remade, anyone's Ocean's Eleven, I thought, this is far superior than all that. It's probably because of the fact it's not so much. The, the trouble is, is that the League of Gentlemen, of course, people think the League of Gentlemen is like the League of Gentlemen TV series. I wonder why did, that must have something to do with it. It's amazing they've got the allowed to use that. I suppose because it's a TV series, isn't it's it? A TV you know? series. And then, of course, we had the League of Extraordinary Sorry, Gentlemen, yeah, which yeah. is like, let's not talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I agree. I think it's a film that could easily be remade now. And I think it would work pretty well. Because in how old it is, probably a bit like Hell Drivers could be remade now and stuff like that. You know, utilising the, the talents that we've got. Who would you cast as a Jack Hawkins character? He's got to be someone who's, yeah, he's that kind of. 
I suppose if he was a bit younger, you know, we might be able to do it quite well. Old, uh, oh, what's he called now? You know, out of... Uh, Bear in mind his age, isn't he? He's only 15. Yeah. He's, it might be a bit too old. He's the blonde, the old blonde, blonde bloke. You know, everyone loves him. He's in... Uh, David McCallum? No, 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 no. <laughs> he's not around now. Or, you know, he's in uh, Love Actually. Oh, Bill Nye. Bill Nye. Yeah. He's and you, maybe and been old Michael Gambon. Them kind of people would yeah. probably been brilliant 20 years ago. I'd have Hugh Grant in this. Yeah, Hugh Grant nice. could do that really well with yeah. that dark edge that Especially he has Especially after we've just seen him in The Gentleman. Yeah. Who, and I think he steals that film. He, does he steal steals that film. That film. I, and Natalie, my wife's going to watch that actually because I said, it's a play. Yeah. It's a wonderful play. It, it really is. is. I, I, hope it, I hope it's... I think it's a great film by the way. Yeah, I, really loved it, I, yeah. I thought there was one being in a bit weird, but we don't need to go into that anyway. No, it's a film that that's the wrong timing. Wrong timing. <laughs> for a thing like that. So that's our film, The League of Gentlemen. Please do it's a 1960 yeah. film. Please do go and buy it. Honestly, you will be. If I can if I can remember Cal, I'll put it a link and in our thing. You could watch that. If you've got kids, you could watch it with your kids. There's no violence in it. No, no, look, because I was I was gonna watch it with my daughter, but you said to me, he goes, Oh, I think there's a bit because we both couldn't quite remember it. Yeah, yeah. Afterwards I thought she might go. I'd be bored thinking about yeah, it. It's a, a bit slow in parts, but it is fabulous. So um, we we hope you like. So you can say. I was gonna say, and like amazing suits and things oh, in it. God, Two yeah, button yeah. fucking suits. Two you know what I've been looking at today? Nineteen thirties haircuts. We're gonna go to the barbers. Oh, you know Douglas Douglas Fairbanks Jr. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. have the Douglas. Having it slicked over. That's what I'm gonna have, man. Have a slick, yeah. I need to cover this top bit. <laughs> <laughs> Right then, Cal, brilliant as your ways to, uh, to be chatting with you. We'll be back next month for Scream. Is there anything else you want to throw in before we cut off? No, that's something else. Please, please join our Facebook page or... Uh, yeah, no, just follow that. Yeah. I know, we have got one site, man. Really. Oh, yes. Rob Kay, where are you? We've lost him. Maybe he's in prison. Again. <laughs> Rob Kay, send us an email. Yes, we want one of you. Oh, I should point out, Waffle Line is now available on Amazon, Amazon Podcast and iHeartRadio. If, uh, if you're a fan of Fade Doctor's uh, sorry, Fade Doctor's Real Friends. Uh, is that Braff and Donna Faison? It's a great. If you like Scrubs, go listen to it. We're now on that network as well. Oh, okay. oh, so we'll see you all soon. Bye. You've been listening to Waffle On. If you'd like to get in touch or join the mailing list, you can by emailing the guys at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com. You can also have some waffly fun by joining their Facebook page. Simply type in Waffle On Podcast in the search bar and away you go. This has been a Waffle On production. Copyright Simon Meddings and Mark C. Kelly.